You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 34. Let's debunk the Ermi and Hurts Me Methods, part one. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome everybody to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, Christmas is done and now we're about to go into a brand new year. <laughs> yep, uh, 2019 kind of flew by us. So, it really uh, did. It was, a, it was a good year. I started doing these podcasts and uh, I can't wait for 2020. We have some, some uh, new uh, strategies, I guess is the best way to say it, for our marketing and I'm going to try the YouTube thing out, and so it'll be fun. I hope all of you guys had a great Christmas, and uh, hopefully you got everything you wanted, and you're ready for the New Year, because New Year's Eve's just two days away, or tomorrow, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's a day away, and then we will all be in a brand new year and be getting a year older, so might as well enjoy the last bit of 2019. So today what we're talking about is debunking Ermi and Hurts Me. I hadn't really heard of Ermi and Hurts Me until you started uh, really helping a lot of people who were in these mold groups, and you started to figure out that a lot of people were swearing by the Ermi and Hurts Me. What is that exactly? It's, uh, so yeah, like you said, I, what I did is I got I got into a, a Facebook group, or a couple of them, and I, I did a lot. Um, I, I actually did some free consulting and was helping people out. And when I first got in there, you, so you got to realize... Um, I've been in construction since 94, so my entire career has been construction, but I've specialized in the mold, uh, the home inspection stuff, you know, kind of zoned in for, well, since 2004, and I had never, ever heard of Ermi and Hurts Me, and so I actually had to Google it, and when I Googled it, it was quite remarkable what it was, and 
you know, the, the, these people that, that stand by it, they, they swear by it. And the more research I did, I, it just made no sense to me. And so, so what it is, is, you know, ERMI and Hurts Me is an acronym for, uh, ERMI is Environmental Re- Relative Mold Index. Well, what does that tell you? I mean, you, you have two master's degrees, you're highly educated, like, doesn't tell me again. anything. Environmental relative mold index. The, the first question that I come up with is who approved this? Did the EPA <laughs> approve it? Did the federal, who approved an index? Well, it's funny because I actually, I printed this off and uh, the second line does say it was developed by scientists at the EPA. But, I've never seen any. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't say approved by the EPA. Correct. Okay. Which either way, we've, we've talked about the EPA and how they classify um, uh, like biocides and Clorox and all that. They're, they're they're so vague. I mean, I guess my point would be even if it was approved, yeah, it wouldn't mean, mean much to me. Someone that's been in the field as long as I have and seen what I've seen, and you you've you've been involved with this for a long time too. So you you you're probably smart enough to be like, oh well, if the EPA says it's okay, then I don't know if I'd agree with it. But yeah, it's funny you ask that because the second line of this article I read said that it was developed by scientists. And the ironic thing is, is when you read what it says, what ERMI is, we've talked, we talked about this, I think a few podcasts ago, and it was the fact that there's no standard as far as what's acceptable air quality when it comes to mold and what isn't. Mm -hmm. So, so that, that doesn't mean a whole lot. And so the, the hurts me, what it is, the acronym for is environmental relative mold Moldiness Index and Health Effects Roster of Type-Specific Formers of Mycotoxins and Inflammagens. I don't know what that means. I call that a word salad. A word salad, exactly. <laughs> so it means, like, like, you have to read it again and you go, what does this even mean? Like, mm-hmm. it is so... You know, I, I like to use some analogies, and if it offend, this offends you, I'm sorry. But, you know, it's no different than when we go look at old homes. And and they've just flipped it, right? And what do I always say to you, usually? Mm-hmm. It's a turd, but you can always polish a turd. Exactly. And that's kind of how I look at this. Like, they're just trying to polish a turd here. Like, it just, it doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah. And so, you know, when I... I it, for a while, I struggled with the fact on this ermine and hurts me. And I actually, I wouldn't say argued, but I debated these people in these groups. And I finally left those groups because they stand behind, and I'm not going to say the name, but they stand behind this guy who is an MD and his protocol, and they live and die by it. And, and I, I couldn't convince them in the group. And I wasn't being combative. I would just ask them questions like, how do you claim this is accurate? And Correct. when you started to nail them down, most of the people in this group, obviously, you got to realize they're just your normal, um, you know, whatever careers they're in. They're not mold specialists. Mm-hmm. So there's a few of us that were mold specialists, but even the other mold specialists, I just kept backing them into the same corner. Like, this makes absolutely no sense, especially due to our certifications are to EPA standards. And... You know, them were members of whatever associations, and nowhere in any of those do they even talk about this kind of testing. So it's kind of a wacky, weird way. It just it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. 
So Well, and I think, you know, just even speaking from perspective, I think people see MD attached to something, you know, that this person's a medical doctor and they assume, oh, they must know because they're a medical doctor. But if you've looked at the history of medicine long enough, you realize there was a time when people thought that the cure for depression was feeding people electromagnetic shocks <laughs> to, you know, 30 years later, we know that's probably not the yeah, way to do that. That didn't work out too well. <laughs> so we Although should... I do think we should probably start trying that again, <laughs> the way this world's going. But... but I think we have to question why we're putting so much weight in something like a medical doctor, especially given the fact, and you've talked about this in your books, a lot of medical doctors are not adequately trained in mold illness and mold sickness, and they will send their clients away time and time again when their clients are trying to tell them, I, I think this is because of mold. They're not trained in that. Right. And it, what I've noticed is a lot of these, um, and I follow some MDs uh, in, in some mold groups, and I'm not trying to disparage any of them, but typically what happens is, is, they experience mold sickness, and so they base everything off of what they went through, the test they did, the diet that they had to go to. And and like you said, you know, an MD behind it doesn't mean that they're giving you accurate information. And, and, and the concern I have with this kind of testing and who's pushing it is he's the one, in my opinion, that, that, that came up with this, and he profits from it. I mean, it's right. very expensive, and, you know, we're going to do another episode about this. Um, our next episode, just because there's so much to it, but it's quite expensive too. So, so the fact that just because it's an MD and all these other people support it, you gotta, you gotta look at the, the details in it. And, you know, I'm not trying to debunk or, you know, rain on somebody's parade. It's, this is obviously my opinion, but it, this is the most inaccurate way of doing mold testing. It's, it makes what we do look like, like we're the ones that are doing everything wrong and we're just out there to charge you money. That's not, you know, what, the way we're testing is totally different. Absolutely. So let's talk about that. How, according to Ermi and Hurts Me, how do they test for, for stuff? For so it's, <laughs> you're going to laugh. Anybody that knows how we test, um, I'll just kind of quickly go over that. So we either, we, we have several ways we can test. We can do an air test, which is an aerosol cassette. You've seen that. Mm -hmm. Um, we hook it up to a tube. It's a low volume air sampler or low volume pump and it sucks the air through that tube, traps the spores on the slide, and then it gets sent off to a lab. We can also take a piece of sheetrock, cut it out and send it off to a lab that has mold on it. That's what we call a direct or a bulk sample, a direct sample. And it would be classified as that too. But another direct sample is we can swab it. So this is the same thing that they swab your throats for, for strep. And then we send that off to a lab or we can do a tape lift and it more or less, it's just almost like taking scotch tape, putting it on the mold. We, we package it up and we send it off to a lab. So everything we're doing, we send off to a lab. Ermi's and Hertz me is the same thing as far as the lab. So that's how we test. <laughs> but for Ermi and Hertz me, they, 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 so what you do is you go to their site and you buy, you can buy a rag. And, and I have it, I, I printed this off and I actually want to read it just, uh, to make sure. So I do want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm wording it properly for them, but they call it an AccuCloth. AccuCloth. So once again, let's polish. <laughs> they give it its own name. Yeah. Let's polish that turd and call it an AccuCloth. Mm -hmm. So they more or less send you a rag and they tell you to swipe in several different places. And, 
you know, where you decide to swipe is wherever you decide. It can be on your desk, your bookshelf, down in your family room, at the baseboards. You just, wherever you want. Four or five areas. How accurate does that sound? Not accurate at all, because all of those areas might not contain mold. Or have a, you might have a big enough sample to actually accurately reflect the mold prevalence in the entire home. Right. And so, you know, when, when we want to, if, if we want to determine the, the air quality in the entire home, we run an outside sample, air sample. We run one in every bedroom, one in the family room, one in the hallway, and they're all labeled so we can tell you exactly these rooms. Exactly. If we want to do something like the rag or AccuCloth, we can do, like I said, the swab. I can swab at the top of the baseboard. But, but what's the big difference between when I swab my, the baseboard with the R swab versus their, their way of doing it? One. It's one sample we're taking. Yeah. Whereas they're taking like five. So how do you know where this mold came from? You don't. <laughs> it's, it's, you it's, don't. It's almost absurd on its face. And like I said, if there's people out there that, that believe in it, it's okay. It's my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just stating my opinion and, and how I back it up with, with my experience and the actual facts. And the big thing is about it is, like I said, you can't, mold is so complex. You can't take, like, if I'm going to do one, one swab, meaning I'm only going to use one swab quantity-wise, and then I swab five areas, how do I know where I picked up what you have no idea. You don't. I mean, that, here's another way they have. So there's two different ways. There's the AccuCloth, and then they give you, and I want to just read it so I make sure I word it properly. They give you what's called a vacuum canister for attachment to the vacuum hose. Do you want, want to hear what the polished turd name is? What is the polished turd name? <laughs> so for a rag, we have AccuCloth. So for, for a vacuum, we're going to call it AccuDust Kit. Accu dust kit. So you get a kit. You should feel like you're backed up because it's a kit. Yeah, and it's yeah. not. It's just a. It's a canister. Yeah. And you hook it up to your vacuum, so it's similar. And and they don't show pictures or anything, but I'm assuming it's similar to our aerosol cassettes, mm-hmm. except for you're hooking it up to a vacuum versus we have a low volume air. But air don't sample. don't you have concerns that maybe there's stuff in the vacuum that contaminates the canister? Well, the way they're designed and it's similar to ours. Okay. The airflow only comes through it one way. Okay. So it has, those of you that are like plumbers, it has like a backflow preventer, mm-hmm. meaning water so can't come can. back okay. into it. But the, the the problem you have, so so we have a little machine and we set the airflow, the volume. And, you know, we run ours at 15. But anyhow, how do you set the, the actual airflow on a vacuum? I don't know. Like, you know the shop vacuum we have right here in the yeah. house? How big is it? I don't know. It's little. It's just a little, like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what it's called. It's maybe a one gallon. Mm-hmm. Well, you've seen the vacuums we use on our mold mitigation jobs. They're huge. Yeah. And I, I don't even know the gallons, but <laughs> I guess I don't pay attention. But they're like like 40-gallon canisters. Mm-hmm. Meaning, and so it has different flow rates. So how do you control that? How, like, how... How does the Ermi and Hurts Me people know what kind of vacuum we're going to hook it up to? Meaning, how much suction is it going to have? They don't know. <laughs> Which, if so, so when we fill out our chain of custody for our tests, we put, you know, that I'm running it at 15. We put how long we've ran it. And uh, 
I did print this out. We're going to go over this more in episode two, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't even see anywhere where, where it even has flow rates. Yeah. So so when we send ours off to a lab, they know how long we ran it, and they know the flow rate, and I did check that, but I don't see. So yeah, here it doesn't even say how long you ran it. It's kind of odd. So, so there's concerns, obviously, with how... Um, according to Ermie and Hurts Me, they're testing for stuff. I'm blown away by what the results tell you or supposed <laughs> to tell you. Because in general, how many mold types are there present that people know of, that scientists know of? How so there's, there's thousands and thousands. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then on top of that, you have subspecies. So for all you biology nerds out there, you understand how that works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can go on for days. But, like, the lab we use, I believe... And I don't know for sure, so don't quote me on this one. But I believe there's if you go to their 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 mold dictionary, they classify like probably 150 different mold types. 150 different mold types. Wow. And, and they're they're actually certified microbiologists, so they know all this stuff. They're educated in that. And that. So I guess what I'm saying with that is is they're they probably are. If they don't know, you know, if, if it's not a common one that the 150 that they're used to, they probably go to their their literature and say, oh, okay, it's this. So my point is, is they're probably looking for thousands of different mold types too. Wow. And and what's crazy is the Ermian hurts me testing. It, it's it's almost unbelievable and laughable at the same time. So in the Ermi testing, as far as their pricing. The Ermi testing is the more expensive one, and it's a lot more expensive, more than double the price. And then the Hertz Me is the, the, you know, cheap, generic, whatever you want to get. So in the Ermi, get this, they only tell you 26 molds that are harmful and 10 that aren't. And from what we you learned with the podcast, how do you know which molds are harmful and not harmful? You don't. It's different for everybody. Exactly. Person. It depends on the person's body. So a lot of different factors. You wouldn't be able to tell. Right. It, it's, it's just kind of laughable, once again, on its face. And if, like I said, if any of you are listening and you guys think this is a great way of testing, I'm just telling you why I think it's not. So I'm not trying to be mean or anything. But it's absurd to think that you you know which molds are harmful and which aren't. Exactly. Any mold can be harmful. It could You could have a mold tech that's harmful to you and it's not to me. Exactly. So... That's that's easily debunked. So anyhow, you have a total of thirty six mold types, and what I just tell you, there's thousands. Yeah. So we're gonna give you thirty six. Now you gotta remember, this is their top of the notch, best top of the line kind of test they're gonna do, and it's thirty six mold types. And anybody listening can go Google mold types, and they're gonna find way more than thirty six. So that's the Ermi testing, mm-hmm. right? So the hurts me. Which is ironic that it's a lot longer word salad than the Ermi, but anyhow, that's their cheaper generic type. They're only going to tell you five mold that's types. Ridiculous. And then, so so what you have with with this Ermi and Hurts Me, they don't even give you. So when we run air tests, we're giving you spore counts, mold types, and uh, the the uh, the like colony counts. So we're, we're giving you all that information. Whereas these guys, guess what they give you? What? A score. Which means what? <laughs> all of it depends on 
the score you come up with as far as your health. So I'm scoring my, I'm paying them and scoring myself. Is that well, what you're no, saying? What, so what you're doing is, is let's say you have asthma. So, so what they do is they give you a score and then you have your score more or less at your assessment. So if you have asthma or allergies, they give you a score. Well, it's not really a score. I, I, I'm bored in that improperly, but it's a category. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so they give you a score and let's say they give you a score of 10. Well, if, if you're really healthy and have no allergies, that's good. If you're in the middle of the road, it's borderline. If you have, you know, any autoimmune disorders, sears, um, you know, have had lung cancer, just a whole slew of things, a 10 is way too high. So if that makes sense, like they're, they're it's such a broad way of how they do it. So does that make sense? They sense. give you three yeah. categories and... Depending on your health, it, it's good. Depending on your husband's health, it's bad. I mean, so the whole thing is just, it's so all over the place. It, yeah. It's, and that's, like I said, that's why I wanted to talk about it is, it is so inaccurate. And for what you're going to pay, if you want three different tests done by a professional like myself, who can say, yeah, this was taken in this room, you can do three tests to their one for the cost. I mean, which, it's, it's unbelievable, which in the next episode, we'll go into the cost and once we'll wrap up right. and talk about your take on Ermi and hurts me. Um, any final thoughts before we end this episode, just on what people should be thinking about as they consider doing things like Ermi and hurts me do some research. And you know, if you can't afford to pay us for a consultation, you know, maybe you have a friend that's a mold specialist that'll give you free advice, but schedule a consultation with us. I mean, you don't really even have to do that. Just listen to this podcast, but do your research and look at the differences because you and I both know this. There, there are mold specialists out there that are two things that I totally don't agree with. So we're all different in the way we test, but if you look at the basics, do your research and say, well... You know, is this really going to be beneficial and am I going to spend this kind of money? Like you're, you're paying all this money. So for what they charge, if you were to do two tests of the ERMI, so the top of the line testing, you're looking at uh, $480. For us, I can come in and do a mold inspection and run two samples and we charge 500 Exactly. So do you which see the difference? It's crazy. Yeah, which we'll talk more about in the next episode. So be sure that you tune in to part two of this where we're debunking early and hurts me. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.